Well, uh, I pulled up, parked my car, and got out with a knot in my stomach. I was heading up towards a retreat center, and uh, this kind of speaking doesn't make me nervous. But going to speak to a church leadership staff uh, with my information, material that I have, and they've taken the whole day and are counting on me to present something meaningful, oh my gosh, uh, it's, it, it can make you nervous. And uh, as I walked up, I saw them uh, in the windows. They were all kind of getting gathered, waiting for me, and it's like 10 people. Now, that's a hard group to hide from. It's a hard group to hide in. I mean, in a group this size, you know, if you kind of get bored or, you know, whatever, you can just, you know, check your phones, sit in the back, whatever. There's no back row when there's only 10 people. It's just us. And uh, as I said, I was anxious. I was, as I walked up to knock on the door, I felt very alone, but, you know, put on a good face. And the door opened, and one staff person, the one who had invited me, welcomed me. She said, oh, we're so glad to see you, Pastor Neil. I have uh, handed out all the material that you sent me. I'm excited. I've read it. This is exactly what our people need. We've been praying for you. Come in. Wow, what a difference to just have that one person acknowledge me respect me, welcome me, know me, and feel like she was making me welcome. It was, it was a whole different way to enter into uh, that moment. And I just think about the significance of one person making a difference in our lives. One person who welcomes us, acknowledges us, demonstrates respect for us, And in fact, there's a story in Scripture of Jesus doing that very thing. For a person who probably felt a bit like I did uh, in that particular situation, it's a familiar story to many of us, the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. If you are familiar with the story, um, maybe you'll hear something a little different this time. And if you've never heard the story before, it's a a wonderful uh, invitation to us to be the kind of Uh, person Jesus was in this story. So listen to Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. And this is coming from the message uh, uh, version of the Bible. It might sound a little different to you if you've been reading a different one. Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, if I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, 
For the Son of Man came to, re- to find and restore the lost. Wow. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this story in Scripture of you engaging with another person. Would you help us to see ourselves in this story? We certainly identify with Zacchaeus, feeling alone and excited to have you call us by name. But we also may recognize ourselves in the crowd as one who sort of rejects or resents another person uh, for getting in our way or for getting Jesus' attention when maybe it should be ours. And, Lord, help us to see ourselves in Jesus' position, his hands and feet in the world today, being the one who offers that kind of acknowledgement to other persons. Be with us, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Zacchaeus is not well liked. First clue is that uh, it says he's the head tax man and quite rich. Tax people are not particularly liked uh, in any day or age, right? I mean, how many of us want to take an IRS agent to dinner? It it just isn't IRS day. Um, Second clue, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. Uh, All we know is that he had to climb up a tree to even get a glimpse of Jesus. And we learn this from Jesus' engagement for Zacchaeus. Become a first follower. Become a first follower. Take a look at this picture. So let's, let's tell a story about this little girl. Wow, she's all by herself. I wonder if she's lost. I wonder if her parents are nearby. She seems a little nervous. I wonder if she's just standing there waiting to see what's going to happen next. Okay, let's take a ne- look at the next picture. Here we go. Oh, she's not by herself at all. There's another person with her. In fact, a littler person, maybe her little brother. And he's following her. She's not lost. She's leading. She knows right where she's going. And this other person is trusting her to, to, to take him safely wherever she's going because suddenly she's in charge. What's the difference? There's another person in the picture. There's a follower, a first follower. Uh, A first follower is anyone who offers someone else respect, acknowledges them, or in some way expresses support when no one else does. Now, in America, we idolize the rugged individualist. At least we think we do. We imagine leaders are those courageous people who stand out against long odds, you know, in high noon in the center of the street with no one else out there. But the reality is that we can see those people standing out there and think of them more as loners, uh, even as losers, you know, people we don't want to associate with, as much as we might even see them as leaders. Um, What a person often needs to have in order to be a leader is a follower. Somebody said, if you want to know if you're a leader, look behind you. If anybody's coming, okay. Uh, They need a first follower. I want to show you a video of of a person. I want you, as you watch this, I want you to pay attention to how you're feeling about this person. The first person you see in the video.
Um, uh, see how you feel about him, and then see how you feel about him once he gets a first follower. Um, if you're watching online, which some people are, uh, pause this sermon and go Google first follower, and you'll find this video on YouTube. Uh, it doesn't show up on the video here. So uh, let's watch. Isn't that interesting? He led a movement. There's, you could probably find his video on how to do that dance now online. Uh, and, but, but when we, we first saw him, didn't you think, who's the crazy guy? Is he having a seizure? Why doesn't he put a shirt on and sit down? I mean, don't make eye contact with him. This guy's kind of. And then the second guy shows up, and everyone goes, oh, he's safe. There's somebody else with him. This is a thing. And, uh, and, and then suddenly it's a crowd. How about that? Pretty amazing. Uh, but it took a first follower. So what did Jesus do when he saw Zacchaeus? It says, when Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Jesus demonstrated Zacchaeus' value uh, by acknowledging him. And by acknowledging him, Jesus offered to Zacchaeus some of his own respect. Uh, some of his, he lent or transferred to Zacchaeus some of Jesus' own respect and goodwill that others had for him. Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus. He went out of his way to find Jesus. So let me ask us a question. Should we be part of the crowd that stops a person from finding Jesus? Or should we be like Jesus and become first followers of the people who are looking for Jesus? Uh, obviously, I would say that because Jesus did it, we should as well. How many of us? All of us. And actually being first followers is a characteristic, catch this, a characteristic of people who attend vibrant, growing churches. Because people who attend those kinds of churches, are they, they have been trained to be on the lookout for visitors. On the, because they believe Jesus is sending people to their church to find him, to meet him, and they want to be a part of that. Um, uh, for example, they would happily, in a, in a growing, vibrant, vital church, they would be happy to find someone sitting in their seat uh, when they arrive at church. They because, oh my gosh, there's a new person here. And they're happy to, to, maybe they get to be a first follower. Maybe they get to be the first person to welcome this person to church. <clears throat> you uh, can tell a church is thriving when its regular attenders are not defensive and protective about their seat. <clears throat> Which is not to say we shouldn't have favorite seats. We all do. It's a, it's a human thing. I don't know the science behind it, but we are very comfortable when we have our own place. That's mine right there. I like that spot, um, and I'm comfortable there. After about a month I was here, somebody else sat in my seat. I'm like, what, are you new? Do you, <laughs> do you not know that's my seat? Well, I was, you know, the pastor, so I sat over here. Uh, but, boy, did I give him some looks. Um, <laughs> You know, that's my seat. 
when I was in college at Pierce, junior college, I was in a biology class, a 101 course, 400 people, big auditorium. You could sit in any seat you wanted, and for an entire semester, I sat in the last row in the seat closest to the door. I don't know why. I mean, it just, that's where I felt comfortable. There were 399 other people who sat in their same seat every single day when we could have gone anywhere we wanted. It's just, it's human nature to do that. Having our place is comfortable. And in the church, every church, most people get comfortable in a seat and they gravitate to it each week. But in thriving churches, no one expects to get their favorite seat. Everyone thinks they're lucky to get a seat because, my gosh, this place is packed. And they have a culture of newcomers first. Um, They see that God is at work, and they want to be a part of that. I attended Hollywood Press when in uh, part of its heyday when two full services packed to the gills, uh, SRO, standing room only. And if you got there late, you were in the back standing up. And no one, no one had favorite seats. They had favorite neighborhoods. It was like, well, we kind of sit up in the front left area. If you want to find us, that's probably where we'll be if we can get a seat. It, it just was, it, but it was exciting to be in a place like that. It's fun to be in a sold-out church, standing room only. Fast forward a few years, I was sitting in a church that had used to be like that. And it was Easter uh, Sunday morning, packed house. In fact, I was sitting on a folding chair. We'd gotten out because there was no room up front. And I and another pastor were sitting off to the edge. And I, I leaned over to him and I said, wow, what a crowd. And he leaned back to me a little sadder. He said, it used to be like this every week. Wow. It's, it's fun to be a part of a place that's sold out. But why would we be first followers? Why, what about us? I mean, there's plenty of room. They can sit, they can sit anywhere. Um, partly, I think we ought to be first followers because Jesus gave us the example. It was Zacchaeus. This man's life has changed because Jesus paid attention to him. But there's also places in, in the Bible, things like Philippians 2, 3, in humility, value others above yourselves. Well, that's pretty clear, right? So I apologize if I'm stepping on toes. I just, want it, I just think we, the Bible ought to be practical. We shouldn't just come and hear it and then say, that was good. I, he told a good story. That was as good as the last time I heard somebody teach about this. Um, how about be practical right here, right now? So here's a next step for us for next week. Here's what I want you to do all week long. Every day, try to remember to pray that God puts someone in your seat next week. And that you would be a first follower to them. Can I tell you what will happen if you do that? You're going to come excited. You're going to come intentional. You're going to be like, I wonder who's going to be sitting in my seat. I wonder if God has put someone in my seat. And then when you get there, you go, wow, this, I can't believe it. God answered my prayer. And, and then you're going to sit down next to him and you're going to say, hi, how are you? Uh, don't do this. Hi, how are you? You're in my seat. Uh, you, that's, that's probably not the right response. But to greet them and welcome them and be a first follower. So let's go back to the why question. Why be a first follower? 
I just want to say, perhaps it's because in this community that we live in, in line at the grocery store, at PTA meetings that we attend, in conferences at work, in our living rooms, and in our dining rooms, there are people whose lives would be enriched, whose hearts would be encouraged, whose souls would be filled with hope if we who are God's people would simply be first followers to acknowledge, to respect, to offer kindness to these other people. But why? Why does it make such a big difference? Why did it make such a big difference to Zacchaeus? Why does it make such a big difference to individuals who are alone when somebody else acknowledges them as a human being, recognizes them, expresses support when no one else does? It's a big deal because first followers, becoming a first follower is an act of grace. An act of grace. It isn't deserved. They didn't do anything to deserve it. In fact, they sat in our seat. But grace transforms people. Grace transforms people. Grace is unearned favor, approval, kindness. And our text says, Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damage. Someone last night recognized that's a different tense than we're used to. Usually we hear Zacchaeus saying, if if I have... Uh, I, I will give half my income to the poor. And if I've ever cheated anyone, now from now on, I'll pay four times the damage. Jesus hadn't even had a conversation with Zacchaeus yet. He hadn't gone to dinner with him. He just said, I want to come to dinner with you. He just offered, he acknowledged the man that no one else would. Jesus didn't say he knew Zacchaeus cheated people. He didn't wink and nod at the crowd and say, this is the poor sucker we got to take care of today. He didn't point out Zacchaeus would need to clean up his act as if he, was, if he wanted to become a follower of Jesus. We often think we need to tell people their problems and that we should show them and point out their mistakes and their shortcomings as if they didn't know they had them. Can I tell you, I am open to feedback. You are welcome to give me feedback if I don't already know it about myself, (laughs) right? I mean, first email my wife, call her, and say, does he know this about himself? Here's what she'll say, oh, yeah. (laughs) Seriously, he knows it. Don't don't bring it up. Um, uh, But we often think we need to be the ones who say, you know, you ought to clean up your act. Uh, But... Zacchaeus was already reminded of his place in the crowd. The crowd had told him just by their attitude towards him. Reminded of his shortcomings. With every sideways glance from a person in the crowd and every gap uh, that closed because people suddenly got bigger when he tried to get in. You know what it reminds me of? Standing in line for the electrical parade at Disneyland. Or standing in the crowd for the world of color at the new California adventure. Oh my gosh, anybody been seen those sometime in your life? Yeah, the rest of you need to get out more because seriously, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, but it's, it's a crowd, it's deep. 
And so we wanted to see the world of color. That's in this new, in California adventure. And so we got there about an hour early and uh, camped out right in the front uh, against the railing, right next to the Little Mermaid restaurant. And it was supposed to be a really great place to see. Stood there for an hour. And uh, then at about five minutes till, if you've ever done this sort of thing, you know what happens. Little kids start coming up sneaking up to try to get in front of you because their parents are in the back. They'd probably been, you know, doing something for the last hour while we've been standing there. And now they get up 20, 30 feet back and they say, you just sneak up to the front. Really? I mean, (laughs) we, but on the other hand, you ever tried to have a five or six-year-old stand somewhere for an hour? Not easy to do. And uh, my family and friend, we were lined up. And um, so what happens with me, though, is that I let them in. I mean, they're kids. They're little children. And it's not usually just a five-year-old. It's usually a five-year-old with a four-year-old or a three-year-old. Because the parents are like, they might not let you in, but they'll let your little brother in. Take him with you. (laughs) Just scoot up up there. And then sometimes the parents want to come up, too. You know, and they they scoot in. Okay, bringing the stroller, that's a little harder. But uh, here's my thing. I don't know if you notice this. I'm kind of tall. I'm very aware of my height. And if I'm not aware of it, you know, I begin to hear, who's the jolly green giant up in front? You know, so what my family is very uh, used to me beginning to back up. And they they know they're just going to find me in the back uh, at afterwards. Because I can see over all these people. What's my point? My point is, when are we supposed to value others as more highly than ourselves? When, when are we supposed to do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Just in church? I'm not even sure we do it in church. But wouldn't it be good to do it at Disneyland? I know that's a high calling since we did pay a lot of money and did stand. But... Isn't some of the joy of things like that, seeing it through a child's eyes? And maybe they've come from Minnesota, and this is their only chance ever, and they saved up. Who knows? But I have a next step for us. For this week, offer someone your place. It may be in line. It may be on the highway as they're trying to cut in or cut you off. Maybe it's at a coffee place, or maybe it's at the coffee pot in your own kitchen. Let them make theirs first. And as you do, offer this prayer. Lord, let them experience your grace through my small gesture. It's just a small gesture. This week, let's try that. Let's race on now, though, to briefly recognize a reality that is described in this story, and it's this. Pushback is normal. Pushback's normal. There are going to be people who don't like it when we put others first. Those people don't deserve to be first. How, you know, whatever. You, you can imagine that we've all, we all know this. People, we know people around us, people on social media when we post it, uh, they will not all approve of our acts of first follower. Uh, scripture says, everyone who saw the inc- incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook. Okay, I want to acknowledge, I understand their anger. So 
tax collectors back then uh, were a different breed than tax collectors today. We do have people who do jobs that we don't like. I mean, telemarketers um, uh, and, and uh, parking, parking people. We used to say parking maids, but it's not that. It's just parking attendants who give us tickets when the, when the parking meter goes, right? Meter people. Um, we're not happy with them. We don't like their jobs. Uh, building permit inspectors. <laughs> ah! I mean, seriously? I mean, that's, they, what kind of, you know, we don't, we're not particularly happy about them. But I'll tell you this. We're happy they're inspecting the next door neighbor's house. We understand all those people have jobs. They, they need those. We need them to be doing those jobs, even if we're not happy. That's not the way it was with tax collectors in Jesus' day. Oh, tax collectors were bad because they were fraternizing with the enemy. The, the Romans would hire Jewish people to be tax collectors on the Jewish people. Why? Because they understood how the community would hide stuff. And, I mean, the Romans couldn't possibly get as much taxes out of the Jewish community, out of that community, whatever community it was, as a local person could. And so it was local people taking money from local people and doing what with it? They weren't building firehouses and police stations. They were, they were sending it back to take care of the Colosseum in Rome. I mean, or putting in Roman soldiers uh, so it was, they, they didn't like them. And he was on commission. See, the way tax collectors made money is they got a piece of it. Whatever they could collect, they'd get a percentage of. So when it says he was rich, it means he had their money. Because some of them may have been put out of house or home or farm because of what he had been doing to them. So we get it. It seems obvious to the people in the crowd that this rich tax collector, Zacchaeus, was rich on their dime. Uh, and it's very difficult to turn the other cheek when we have genuinely been wronged and to forgive someone when they have hurt us. And uh, perhaps they did so intentionally, even as Zacchaeus might have. So Zacchaeus was not well liked. And the crowd's anger was understandable. But Jesus could handle the pushback from the crowd. Um, maybe some of us will one day be in the situation where we have a chance to stand up on behalf of someone else in a very challenging situation. Pastors, Christians are being called on that right now in this country all over the place. For us, maybe not right now. But we could stand up for somebody else. We could be a first follower of someone else. So this week, final next step. Watch for easy opportunities to acknowledge and recognize someone. All right, I happen to know what happens in church. When we hear a lesson and we go, I know, I should do that. And then we think of the hardest person we could possibly imagine doing this for. And then we say, I should do it for them. No, you shouldn't. Don't, I mean, if someone has hurt you, if there's some crabby person, don't start with them. Start easy. Well, you know, it's like a muscle. You're going to have to grow it. Find somebody easy to be a first follower of. Uh, I did uh, yesterday. I was driving up here from San Diego. I stopped at a CVS to get some cashews to eat on the way up. And uh, as I walked by uh, the battery stand, there was a woman, and she was frantic. And the manager was trying to help her find a battery. And I just walked by and got in line. And uh, then she came 
rushing up uh, to the line uh, right behind me. And as she was coming, I heard her saying to the manager, I have got to get out of here. So I, I, when she got to me, I just said, are you in a hurry? And she said, I, I am. I said, well, here, take, take my spot. I mean, I, I'm just driving to Simi Valley. I don't have to be there till 5.30 tonight. There wasn't any skin off my nose. Um, she's, guess what she said? <gasps> you made my day. Really? <laughs> Once, one, it's not that hard. And then you know what she did? She handed me her key fob to her Mercedes. She said, do you know how to fix this? She was trying to put a battery in her key fob. She was locked out of her Mercedes Benz. And I said, well, all I have is a Toyota. I don't, I don't know how the, I don't know if it works the same way, but I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, but she, she took off, and as I was walking out, I saw her driving away. So she, it worked, and it's just like, first follower. All I had to do was w take my place. And, and she was a happier person. I think she had a glimpse of hope, a glimpse of, oh, the world isn't as bad as I think it is. We aren't called to always seal the deal. What are we called to do? Plant the seed, water, and let somebody else, let, let God be in charge of all the big stuff. So I ask again, why? We understand um, we're to value others. We all know we should and are directed by Jesus to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. But why? Why? Because it makes us better people? Yes, it does make us better people, but that's not why. I mean, it's nice to be nice, and it's better to be better, but that's not the reason why. Um, because there should be nicer people in the world, yes, but that's not why. So let's move to the very last sentence of the text and learn what Jesus' reason for doing it is. Point number four, transformation leads to salvation. Jesus said, Today is salvation day in this home. Today is salvation day in this home. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. Can I tell you, I know I'm, I'm speaking to the choir. We all, I think, would agree. People are lost. Maybe not the way they used to preach in churches. But people are lost. They are broken. They are hurting Right now in particular, where's the hope? You know where it is? It's right here. We have it. And we can offer it. And it, people don't just walk in for the first time and go, oh, I get it, I'm in. There's transformations taking place a little at a by, a little, a little at a time, and finally they go, I want what you've got. Many people feel alone and hopeless. Many actions that people take around us that bug us, that defy imagination, they are in result, they are defense mechanisms that people like us have built up over their lifetimes because of hurts and losses and things in their lives. People need baby steps before they can take the leap of knowing Jesus. Zacchaeus was looking for something and he hoped he could find it. He didn't find it in the crowd. But he found more than he bargained for, more than he could have guessed, which is amazing. Um, so if you ever want to know 
in a particular situation, what would Jesus do? You know, we wear those braces. What would Jesus do? You don't have to ask. Does it involve people? Does it involve another person? If it does, Jesus wants to restore them and find the lost. That's what he would do if he were right there. Restore them and find the lost. That uh, person in church near us, in line somewhere around us, pulling in front of us or behind us honking, the ones who are impacting us and bugging us, uh, that may be disagreeing with us, they are all people that Jesus wants to restore and find the lost. So maybe we could somehow be a first follower of those folks. But for heaven's sake, let's not get in Jesus' way. Let's not be the crowd. It turns out, as we live and serve around every corner, in many cases, all we are called to do is be that second guy. Let's pray.